It's time for another trip to the golden history of Hollywood and another podcast from the Warner Archive Collection. It is my greatest honor to be joined by the Oscar-winning, Emmy-winning, Tony-nominated megastar, one of the dearest, most wonderful people in show business, Andy Hardy himself. Mr. Mickey Rooney is here in the studio live to celebrate the release of the Andy Hardy Collection. Mickey, thank you so much for coming to Burbank and being with us today on this podcast. George, I'm so proud to be here and delighted to know that you're thinking of bringing, are the 19? 16 films. We're bringing out the first six now. Oh, are you? The very first one, Family Affair, will be coming next release. Well, you know, the first Judge Hardy was Lionel Barrymore. And I understand, and I know for well that you do a great Lionel Barrymore impression. Well, I don't know. I <laughs> Did you ever do your imitation of Lionel Barrymore in front of Lionel Barrymore? Oh, sure, he loved it. Did he it. crack up? Sure. And you used to do Gable, and, uh, too. You, gave you did him. everybody. That's right, Johnny. <laughs> That's right. Yes. You know, we're at Warner Brothers here today. Now, you came and here at Warner Brothers to do see, Midsummer Night's Dream. Yes, I did. I were did. you on loan out from MGM by that time? No, I wasn't under you contract. You were independent. Independent. Yes, my mother mm-hmm. brought me to Burbank, and it wasn't called Warner Brothers. I think it was Vitaphone or something. It was Warner Brothers' first national Vitaphone. It was all those things. Yes. I worked with Jimmy Cagney, and who would have thought? Olivia de Havilland, Joey Brown. Joey Brown, and uh, Victor... Ross Alexander. Victor Jory. Victor Jory. And uh, William Powell. And and, and, uh, I think Gene Muir was in as a wonderful film. And you were Puck. That's right. You were an amazing Puck. If we shadows have offended, think but this, and all is mended, (laughs) that you have but slumbered here. While we visions did appear. <laughs> and this week another theme no more yielding. But a dream, gentles, do not reprimand. If you pardon, we will mend. Else the puck a liar call. And so good night unto you all. Give me your hands if we be friends. And Robin shall restore amen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, the puck, I remember watching that when I was very young. Well, I, I my... did, we did it all over. I did it at the Hollywood Bowl. Ah, uh, for Max uh, Reinhardt, Yes, uh, with, the, uh, with the old symphony orchestra. Mm-hmm. orchestra. I fell in love with uh, symphony music at that time. Before Strouds we talk symphony. about Andy Hardy, I want to talk about your music because I think a lot of people don't know that you are, to me, an amazing composer. I love your songs. I had a record of I Couldn't Be More in Love, which you recorded in the 50s, which I used to listen to all the time. And I heard on the MGM Good News radio show songs that you wrote when you were a teenager. Yes, Have sir. a Heart. Have a Heart. Well, that was a for Irving Berlin published that. Yes. That was the first song. How old I, were you? That you was know my that question. How President, old were you? President Roosevelt uh, used that as a uh, getting thing. Really? Have a Heart and send a dime, you know, to the poor polio victims. And your co-writer was Sidney Miller, is that correct? We wrote together, but uh, Sid was just a brilliant, brilliant uh, fellow to work with. And you play amazing piano. People who've seen Girl Crazy can see you do fascinating rhythm with the Dorsey Band. You play the drums in Strike of the Band Drummer Boy. How many instruments do you play? Well, I I play everything practically but the violin. (laughs) I, I play trumpet. Trombone, when you love what you're doing. Yes. 
It's in you. Let's talk about, we're here to talk about Andy Hardy. So it started with a family affair, just the one film, with Lionel Barrymore and Spring Byington playing your parents. That's right. Did you have any idea what was to come? Actually, I can tell you, George. Please do. Nobody, but nobody, even at the studio, know that it would become a national Phenomenon. But, but, well, I don't, I don't like to use Made that you the number one true. box office attraction yes. for many years in a and, row. And not only that, but uh, we saved the studio by grossing 55% wow. of the income of Metro Golden Mare. And you know, a lot of people talk about what a rough, tough man Louis B. Mayer was. He wasn't. I am very good friends with his grandson, Danny Selznick. Oh, you bet. And Selznick, Mr. Selznick, I was in a ping-pong tournament (laughs) and saw me and took me to Metro Golden Mare. So David O. Selznick brought you to MGM? Yes. That's wonderful. I didn't know that. And I I got an agent. Uh, They they, they furnished me with, Mm -hmm. can I say the agents? Sure. William Morris. Of course. And I love them. And uh, I love all the agents that work diligently for their people, but they kept me going, and I worked with everybody. You know, I brought Marilyn Monroe and Sammy Davis Jr., even Frank Sinatra. The first film that Mar- uh, early film of Marilyn Monroe's that we have out, which I actually brought to bring you today, is The Fireball. And Marilyn Monroe has a little part in that, and you're the star. But of I that. knew that. Yes. But you know, I found her, and I changed her name. Uh, really? To. Marilyn, because Marilyn Miller, ah. and a fellow I was writing scripts with at the time, was Monroe Manning. Ah, and as I was talking uh, to um, Barbara or whatever was her name before she changed, Norma Jean, Norma Jean Baker. I told her I wanted to change her name. She mm-hmm. said, "What do you? What do you need to <laughs> And the phone rang, and I said, "Well, your first name should be Marilyn," <laughs> and Monroe Manning. And I said, I can't talk to you now, Monroe. Please excuse me. I'll call you back. And I put it down. She says, who were you talking to? Because my eyes were wide open. (laughs) And I said, I was talking to your last name, (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. And there it was. There it was. Now, her father, you know, had said many times, I I didn't do it. Right. And it's even like in the great Disney. But you know that you The great Disney. I was responsible for the Mickey Mouse. Because of Mickey Maguire. Right. You know about it. Of course I do. When I met uh, Mr. (laughs) Disney at the studio, at the Dyermore studio, it was burned down before he got into business. He showed me this mouse, and I said, oh, it's wonderful, Mr. Disney. What do you call him? He says, Mortimer Mouse. That's right. I said, oh, he's wonderful. He said, thanks, Mickey. And he stopped. He says, how would you like me to change the name of this mouse and call him Mickey Mouse? I said, well, thanks, <laughs> Mr. Disney, but I have to go get a cheese sandwich. <laughs> For our listeners that don't know, Mickey started in a series of short films in the silent and sound era. I have 88 of them now. 88 Mickey Maguire comedies. Mickey himself, Maguire. Right. I know them well. And with Andy Hardy, you suddenly... Family Affair was such a big hit, they moved into You Only Live Once, and suddenly your parents are now played by Louis Stone and Faye Holden. Well, you know, and they... they How did that happen? Well... How did they decide to start I, the I, I don't know anything about it happening. Right. But it happened. And you were told... Because you were making three or four or five pictures every year for That's Metro. right. At least four. Yeah. I met a girl at Ma Lawler's 
uh, school on Hollywood Boulevard, and, and I met a lovely girl there called Frances Gum. Uh-huh. And you know her as I, I, Judy Garland. I didn't give her the name, but I think uh, Georgie Jessel. Georgie did. Jessel did. That's right. But what a talent! I was going to ask you about because we not just as Betsy Booth in the Andy Hardy movies, but those amazing four films you did for Arthur Freed. Who I want to ask you about? What do you mean we did while. nine musicals? Right, Busby Berkeley, uh, Girl Crazy, Strike Up the Band, Babes on Broadway, Babes, Babes in Arms, and. I mean, the amazing amount of work they put you through. Well, I mean, no, it's just enjoyment. Well, the enjoyment comes off the screen because those films are so effervescent. And children today need to see those films. Well, like, I think, without a doubt, that families and a network should put Andy Hardy on. Not because I'm in them, but because of what they The mean. values are beautiful, and the films hold up beautifully. In watching the new films that we're putting out, again, for the first time in a long time, I was so moved by the scene where you played where your mother was very sick and was possibly going to pass away. Are you talking about young Tom Edison? Well, they're talking about Judge Hardy and Son. But young Tom Edison is also another one of the films that we have out. I was going to talk to you about that in a minute. But in the Andy Hardy series, you you, you grew up literally in front of the camera. Well, no, no, I didn't grow up. But, uh, you know, it's tough to, to do. I was going to school. On the lot, right? Yeah, and there's a school board, that, and uh, the teacher would be on the set. I went to Vine Street. Ah, and when uh, you weren't on the set, you went to the Vine Street School? Right, and then I went to high school mm-hmm. at Fairfax. Right, that's right. And, and a lot of people ask me, well, how do I get in pictures? I'd say, first, Go to school. education. That's right. Now, when you work with Judy first and Thoroughbreds Don't Cry... Yes, and that, and then, and love Saint, finds Andy Saint, Hardy. Uh, what was uh, Ronald Saint, Sinclair? Sinclair, yeah. Because Freddie Bartholomew was going through puberty, oh, I had I to love, replace him. Oh, what a what an actor! I saw Sugar Babies five times on Broadway. Well, then we played it all over the United <laughs> States. <laughs> when you I would remember. do the medley, when you'd sing, "I can't give you anything but love, Annie," and you'd play my wife piano. Jan and I sing that. Yes, too. That Jimmy McHugh medley was just sensational. That well, was Jimmy like, McHugh, you don't get better than no, that. No, And then you have my friend, uh, I was in the Army with him. He wrote, uh, I Just Adore, Ralph Allen, and uh, well, he just passed away. Hugh Martin? What a wonderful soul, a great human being. And, of course, uh, Elizabeth Taylor used to send Jan and I a Christmas card every year. Well, and Gary Cooper, mm-hmm. his wife. Everybody loves you, Mickey. You're such a part of everybody's life. Everybody doesn't love you. Well, I think I can speak for a lot of people. You have fans. All the fans have been asking for Andy Hardy to come out on DVD. Have they? And that's why we're putting it out. Oh, isn't that wonderful? And the human comedy, which we've put out, which you were nominated for the Oscar for Best Actor for, which is an amazing, powerful film. Well, it was written by uh, a book. Soroyan. William Sharon. And a very time, timely message of, of peace and understanding and family values in that movie. People, that is very, very moving. People today are hung up a little bit on special effects. You know, <laughs> and that's a great business, and God bless them, because they work hard. They're, they're wonderful. I don't understand them once in a while, but uh, they're there. Of course, a lot of people don't know that the first Oscar was at the Roosevelt Hotel in, in Hollywood for uh, having a wonderful life. 
and of course the great directors in those days too, and like like there are today. But uh, you Frank, worked with so Frank, many Frank of them. Capra, George Stevens, and Clarence Brown. Clarence Brown. He directed he, the Human Comedy. In he which was you're a so wonderful man, and the directing has changed so. But the great things that they immortalized Stevens' greatest story ever told and. And, and Swing Time with Fred and Ginger. Oh, yeah. Swing Time was the, probably the best Fred and Ginger movie is Swing Time and with the George music. Stevens. Jerome the, the, Kern and Dorothy sure, Fields. Sure. Let me I, ask you I about, played Will, you know, I played in a picture with Will Rogers. At Fox, correct? Yes, yes. correct. Called uh, the, the County Chairman. Mm-hmm. And I worked also with Wallace Berry and the great uh, slave ship with... Uh, uh, that was also at Fox. Yes. You were on loan out for that one. Yes, I was. <laughs> now, but, did, did you work with Wallace Beery also in Stable Mates, Yes, correct? I did. Yes. I love the, the horse racing people. Yeah. They, and I love horses that race, but uh, don't, don't go broke. Right, right. Be careful. Now, in the Andy Hardy films, George Seitz, George B. Seitz directed the first 14 of them. Did he kind of create the sensibility no. of the no. films, or was it the no. studio? No, I think they were written so mm-hmm. beautifully. They were written beautifully, uh, yes. And they were real. So it was, wasn't was easy to learn the lines. Mm-hmm. You didn't learn lines. You learned where you came in. But the Andy Hardy films, I think, are so beloved, not just— I'm so proud of those. And I'm proud that the people have written in wanting them. They have written enormously. and to- Well, you know, we used to have stars— they, they used to put forthcoming stars in right, and uh, they had Lana Turner and one, and they had Catherine uh, Grayson, Ka- Donna uh, Reed, Donna Reed, and the list Esther goes Williams, on. Esther Williams. I mean, a lot of people became stars. And, 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 and you and made course, them stars. And no, I didn't <laughs> make them stars. But appearing in the Andy Hardy movies, they, they worked helped. for it. Yes, and they did it. Uh, and then, of course, you, you've got Anne Rutherford. Yes, who I just I've spoken to frequently, and she's a lovely lady. Isn't you're she? Polly Benedict. Oh, you know she's the and the the chemistry of you I, and Anne I genuinely on love her. Now you as see a her friend. occasionally. Do you see Once her once in a while? Yes, she is like a breath of fresh air when she walks into a room. She has such a big heart. You know, she, she looks you, lovely. You, she's a lovely, lovely lady, and my wife Jan and I love her. With Judy, you know, you talk about cutting things out. Life begins for Andy Hardy. The movie was so long they oh, cut Judy's gosh. songs out. Yes, it was. Uh, it, it, that was Mickey. That was. Uh, but Andy do you know Hardy's what I think is good. Age film, really. The man, to man talks. Those are very moving you know, those scenes. Those man to man talks. Yeah, between but Andy but and you his know, father. some people might think they're silly, but they aren't. Oh no! Because he was giving me a reason for living. Mm-hmm. He told me about everything mm-hmm. that's so meaningful to children today, growing up. And I think that it'll be a, a mitzvah for us to, <laughs> to, to have. Uh, for people to I'm see. I'm a Scotch Irishman, you know. Yes, My father, Joe Liu, worked at Metro. I've seen him in many films, yes. yes. And uh, we started out, he came from Glasgow, Scotland. Mm-hmm. And my mother. Nell, Nell was a showgirl. Mm-hmm. She was in Miller's Maidens, uh-huh. and uh, she she was a chorus girl. And uh, that's where I started out. And then first, you know, my father and mother divorced, and I went to. Uh, she, I said, "Where are we going, Mama? I, I can talk. 
I could talk when I was three. I didn't know what I was saying. Right. But I was trying to learn. And then you ended up in pictures shortly thereafter. Yes, the first picture I made was right here. Right here in Burbank. At the Warner, at Vitaphone. At Vitaphone, yes. Yes, with uh, uh, Al Santel was the director. Uh-huh. They were silent pictures after I'd made one or two more silent movies at what is now Universal. Right. Well, I did a lot of silent pictures with the cowboys. I made John Wayne's first picture at Republic. Wow. Yeah, it's called The Fighter. That's right. And, you know, he went to the University of Santa California. Yeah, he's famous for that. And I did. <laughs> and I did. I'm I'm a Trojan. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, UCLA and USC both have our Warner Archive titles, the DVDs for the students to watch. We provide them. Do you think the Andy Hardy movies are... Um, I think they're very va- relevant for families of today to all watch together Yes, but don't forget, uh, it's very tough when you grow up and the family has to talk to their their daughters and their sons about sex. There's nothing wrong and with that. And about life in general. No, you're, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's why the, the, the wholesome qualities of the Andy Hardy movies are so appreciated by audiences today. That's why they love them, and that's why they, you know, Andy Hardy is a hero to so many generations and you Well, I'm are so proud to have been in them. Yeah, as well. And the people that are asking for them to be shown. Everybody wants all your movies, Mickey. They love your movies. Now, when you and Judy worked on the Andy Hardy movies, was it a different atmosphere on the set than when you were working for Busby Berkeley and the, no, the energy? No, no. Buzz, Buzz was very... They used to tie a rope on him. Really? Yeah, you know, because he'd go up high. Cause on the boom. Re- no, he'd be by himself. Oh. And he'd get up on the ladders. And, <laughs> and, and he'd fall off a couple of times, and they'd have to catch him. Oh, my goodness. The imaginative routines he came up with for the, for the two of them. Treat me rough. Amazing, yes, with Junie Allison. Yes. <laughs> oh. Did you like being Danny? Wash my hair. Don't you dare to handle me with care. I, oh, girl my, Crazy is a wonderful no picture. I'm no innocent child, baby. baby. <laughs> but, I love when you play fascinating Joan Allison. She was oh. a wonderful lady. Oh. And I and I miss Tony her Tony Curtis much. she was married to, right? No, Dick Powell. Dick Powell. What a... I did Midsummer Night's Dream with Dick Powell. That's right. I want to ask you about the Andy Hardy radio series that was done in the late 40s when you were all brought back. Do you remember doing that? Was the, that... Uh, for MGM syndi- radio syndication, it was the Hardy family with Louis Stone, Faye Holden, and yourself. Yeah, whatever happened to that? We're going to be bringing them back. We've got them all. We're going to be bringing them back in our podcasts. Oh. And if you don't have them, I'm going to send them to your house this afternoon. But, but I uh, wanted to ask you about how that came about, if you remember doing those specifically, because it was just for radio. And Ann Southern did Maisie, Lou Ayers did Dr. Kildare, and you did the Hardy family, the three of you. That's right. They were very clever scripts, But too. you had Dick Powell and Myrna Loy. Right. And the Thin Man, too. That's right. That's right. But uh, th- that's what I think keeps the Hardy family very popular. And then... You did another Andy Hardy movie much later with your own son playing your son in the movie. Is that correct? Yeah, but I think it was late. Andy Hardy Comes Home yes. was 12 years but later. I, I think it made people realize that they were... Getting older? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, That's okay. That's what I happens. I love doing it. <laughs> I love doing it. But the popularity of the series, people just 
can't get enough of them, and that's why we're so glad we're bringing out the first six now just in time for Christmas. Well, that's the time to bring it. All the Andy Hardy films really have a good sense of, of morals and the importance of family and togetherness and not taking your family for granted and respect for parents, which that's I think right. is a wonderful thing that, you know, uh, there's the Thanksgiving radio show that was done in 1938 that Carrie Wilson wrote specially. Oh, what a man. Do you remember doing that? Oh, I It was I a Thanksgiving so with the Hardys, and he wrote special. And everybody has a Thanksgiving prayer that they, th- and, and Marion Hardy says. I wrote a song for Thanksgiving. Have a Heart was on that radio no, show. I, you wrote a song for Thanksgiving. Yes, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, the time that we've waited for, <laughs> Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving with families we all adore. We've counted our blessings, and I can't conceive. I only hope I give half what I've received. Oh, that's a beautiful song. Well, I love your songs. I told you that at the beginning of this. Well, no, I think I think uh, we should all think this Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Oh, thankful for your daughters and the new baby. Be thankful that you have food on the table. Absolutely. And I must say that I am thankful to you for coming here today, coming here to be with us here in the well, studio in Burbank to talk you about Andy Hardy you know, and the release. We're so grateful that you came to join us today. Jan, Jan, I must thank you so much. Thank you, George. I'm just so grateful to see you well, again. Well, I'm so, so in love with the fact that, that, um, that the Andy Hardy series, with all of the education that they can learn from him. I mean, some people will say, oh, <laughs> well, not everybody's going to like them. I think if they watch them, they'll love them because they'll be surprised how great they are. Well, I they only hope that the they, they go as far as you can take them. Well, we're going to put Because the Andy Hardy series can take you through life. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here with George, us today thank on you this podcast. On behalf of my family. Will you come back and talk with us more about Andy Hardy when we're ready to release the next series? Anytime. We've got more coming. Anytime you want. Thank you so much, Mickey Rooney. George, we love you. George, thank you for getting this done.